His name becomes commonplace. The acts of what he did don't affect you any longer. You refuse, come on somebody, say refuse, refuse. to get teary-eyed during worship because, you know, you're above that. I don't know how you can be above that. I'm right in the middle of it. I mean, I'm still mystified. I've ne I don't, if I lose my wonder, then, then coming up here in a church or at home when I'm reading my Bible, the word would just be the words on a newspaper, and I would get nothing from it, and my family wouldn't change, my kids wouldn't see a difference, and people in the community have nothing to look at because most people don't have a wonder anyway. They just don't have a wonder. They're not mystified by Christ. I'm mystified. I have a wonder. We lose our wonder in many ways. Today I want to talk to you about the nutrition of the enemy. That's for your behalf, so you're going to have to stay with me on this message. I'm going to take you a few places, so you've got to stay with me. Eating is one of the most important times of an American. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all are going, I ain't saying amen. You might as well. You'd be lying if you don't believe that. Come on, frog. <laughs> Come on, Dennis. Amen. I like eating. I do. You can sit here and say, not me. Well, I'm going to just leave it alone. That being said, many things affect our eating. Some of us. Some of us. If hell were to freeze over, it wouldn't affect your eating because you're going to eat. You know what I'm saying? Let me just tell the realtor, stressing leads... Now, stressing leads the list as the overall causal effect of our eating habits. How many meals have we missed because of stressing? Or how many meals have we overindulged? Because, come on, somebody, help me preach this morning. You either, y'all know what I'm talking about, you either don't eat, or I'll show you what I can do to a three-pack of Oreos. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I don't mean the small ones. Huh? I'm going to medicate myself. Some of y'all think it's just drugs you medicate with, but it's the drugs of the Oreo you medicate. <laughs> y'all don't want me to preach, but I'm going to. Come on, somebody. Listen, we all think, we, we've all been addicted to some kind of drug because when you got to go medicate yourself with food, think about it, then you're not allowing Jesus to deliver you or offer you up in that situation for victory. Somebody say amen. amen. You got to stay with me on this. Or you're going to miss this. No, I don't want you to miss it. That's stressing, which defines any and all actions that remove us from the focus of Jesus. You know, anytime we start to enter into any kind of situation that we can feel our removal of Christ, we need to know this time to bear down. It's time to bear in. Are you listening to me? Not draw away, withdraw, back up. You ought to know right then at that moment. Boy, I better put my headgear on, get my shoulder pads, and I better get down in a decent stance because there's a war coming. And I've been called to this war. Somebody say amen. amen. Psalm 23, 5 is where I'm going this morning. You prepare. Oh, Y'all go ahead. Wow. I want you to read that again. Go ahead. You know how many people out here that are just squalling about the enemy all the time? You crying because the enemy, you think that, that the enemy put you in this situation. Listen to me. You'll never eat the way God wants you to eat till you understand what he's prepared for you is a table in the midst of your enemies. You're not going to get a table outside of the presence of your enemy. What do we do when the enemy hits? 
That's the only time some of you ever come to prayer. When a catastrophe hits, you don't even know that God's called you to that catastrophe. So you to understand that he's placed a table. Let me read this for you. God prepares. Now, who's prepared you in the midst of this chaotic craziness that's going on? It says God does. So God prepares. This is an important issue. Who is the chef? Some of y'all are pretty good cooks in here, but you can't cook like God. <laughs> Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. You can't cook like God. Because God can cook up something just for your spiritual level. Come on, somebody say amen in here. If you don't know what I'm talking about, see me after church. I don't have time to explain every single issue here, every story, but you got to get with me just a little bit here, and don't look at me in that tone of voice. <laughs> this is an important issue. Who's the chef? Well, if he's your father and he's your chef, quit complaining about the food he's serving. Somebody say amen. I'm not mad when I get gravelly like that. It's like a preacher like that. That's why I've been called to preach. Somebody say amen. 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 Don't go on me. I'll preach harder. God is. He prepares. Not only does he prepare the feast, but he also is preparing those who will eat of the feast. See, he's preparing you. But the problem is the food's been on the table a long time because it's taken you a long time to realize the table is for you. The food he's placed there is for you. Quit leaving it for somebody else because nobody else can eat that. I know you're not here now. You don't want to eat that. Why? It's your food. It's your food. This is a necessary part of discipleship. Prepare. Pre means before you need it. I wonder if God's going to be there when I get there. He has been there because he ordered it. He's pre. Come on. I'm trying to teach you how to be just a tad spiritual. Quit whining and griping before you get where you're going. He's there before you get there. He ordered the event. He ordered the situation. Why? Many times it's because you wouldn't get away from the, from the situation, so a consequence. But no, when you get into the consequence, be complaining because when you get there, there's a table that has been set. It's going to be good sometimes. There'll be a little gravy on it. How many of y'all like gravy? Come on, somebody. Somebody. Biscuits and gravy. Oh, help me, Jesus. I'm going to shut my mouth. Red eye gravy. 40 weight. 40 weight like a frog. Give me a 40 weight. He'll take any weight. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Prepare. Pre. Before you need it. Before you need it, it will be ready. Somebody say amen. amen. In other words, it's in the freezer when we were kids. I'm not kids. When my kids were kids, Jan and I would, in the summer before school started, since we both worked, we would prepare things, all kind of meals. I'd cook all day long. She'd cook all day long. And we'd put it in the freezer. And for four months straight, we'd come home from school. And we'd have something we'd just take out. It's so easy to do. But that one day, it was nothing but intense grilling, cooking, making all kind of stuff, spaghetti, hamburger. I mean, you name it, we made it. Fill the freezer. So before we got home, we didn't have to prepare anything. It was pre. That's what God's done for you. He's pre-pared it. Whereas pre means he's already made it. Paired means it's for you. Amen. It's paired from him to you. There's a pair. Oh, okay. <laughs> Matthew 6, 8. Be not like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask. He's talking about in that prayer. Don't act like people that don't know God. Be a Gentile. 
You're not a Gentile. You're a grafted-in Jew. When you pray, you know how to pray. Your father knows what you need. Why does he know what you need? Somebody help me. No, I just preached it to you. Why? Because he what? Oh, it's prepared. So you're telling me what you need before you ask is in the freezer. Come on, somebody. You just pop it in the microwave. What's the microwave? The event when it's taking place. Come on. Don't take long to heat it up. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Or I'm the only one who knows. Oh, God, it can heat up. Am I wrong or right? It gets to a place where, God, you don't have to hit high on the microwave. It's already going. It's all right. It's warm. A table. Now, what is a table? It's a place of rest. You know what a table reminds me of? It's where you and God are going to have family time. It may not be at, house, at the house. It may be somewhere in your car where you break down and start crying, and all of a sudden you start eating the food of God because God has set the table, and you and him are. Let me tell you something. If you're a Christian, you can eat, you can eat and have fun, or you can eat with tears, but you're going to eat with God because he's your son. I mean, you're his son. Y'all going to have family time. Say family time. You're going to have family time. Why? You're his son. He won't deny you. You are going to have family time if you're his son. Now, it can be a good time. Then you hate it when your dad sets you down when you was a kid and, boy, we're going to have to talk. And you can tell when he said, boy, it wasn't going to be good. Amen. Sometimes when God talks like that, you can already tell it's not going to be good. There's going to be a consequence I'm going to have to deal with, a situation I'm going to have to handle. But it's okay because your daddy's going to see you through it, but they're still going to take some family time to get it done. Everybody say family time. Family. To be able to reflect on the goodness of God, that's what family time is. The table is the landing place where the food is represented or presented. Before me is the promise that sustains me in my walk with him. That's what the table is, before me. God is preparing for me his will before I get there. Are you listening to me? Amen. The event, the person, and the place is the stage. Therefore, the table he is preparing for me. All of that's the table. We don't need to run from the table. It's being prepared for you. Sooner or later, no matter what event he has to allow to happen in your life, you're going to end up at the table, and you and God are going to have a talk, family time. Amen. Where? In the presence of your enemy. In the presence of chaos, in the presence of disease, in the presence of disaster, in the presence of bankruptcy, in the presence of the craziest things you ever saw, which gives the enemy food to eat on, is where God is going to set you something that when you eat, things will begin to shift. He didn't say he would set a table in the midst of this bless me club. He said, I'll set a table in the midst where nobody thought I could reach you. I will reach you. Don't patty cake. If you're going to clap, clap. Can I tell you something? Our, our, the table of God is outside these church walls. <laughs> I'm going to come to that church. I just get a blessing every time I come there. Well, unless you've got a lot of enemies here, you ain't getting no blessing. <laughs> he only sets a table in the midst of your enemies. Huh? That means there's an evangelistic call that we need to get out into a group that we're not familiar with. But I don't know what to say. You don't have to. The food's already waiting on you. Come on, somebody. When we come to understand the stage is set, prepared for us each day in the presence of our enemies, we'll begin to eat heartily and, con and convince many of his goodness. We have missed so many meals that have been prepared for us, haven't we? God, how many meals have we missed? And it usually is because of an offense or fear, whatever it may be. But how many, I'm telling you, we got some cold meals on the table. 
Man, there are so many of us that pass so many meals up. You've been called to be in this locale and this or this locale. You've been called to this ministry or that ministry. But because you, you didn't ask God. I love it when you say we hadn't been led. No, you refused to be led. It's not you hadn't been led. There's no lack nor waste in what God prepares. It's only you that do that. In the wilderness, God prepared manna. You remember that? He prepared manna. He prepared... The wilderness was what? It's where their enemies were. They were surrounded by enemies. But in the midst of having trouble, God showed up and said, let me feed you. But there was a catch. Don't gather too much. Some of them did, and what happened? What got in them? Yeah, some of y'all have saved so much of your meals up, they got worms in them, you can't even eat them. You go back right now, and you can't find them. Why? The worms ate them up. In, that's in Exodus 16, 18. I don't want to read that right now. When we can come to operate in this truth that God prepares, that the presence of our enemies is sure a sign God has prepared this feast just for us, we will exhibit the grace of God and realize it's time to eat. It's time to eat. So many people get in trouble when they get into a situation where we can feel the enemy's presence. Have y'all ever felt the enemy's presence? And why do we cry like babies when we already, I'm teaching you today, when you feel the enemy, start looking for the table. Start looking for the food. You ought to be, oh, is that peace? Man, that's smelling good, God. Wow. Man, is that blessing? You got, you got chaos going, but you're walking around like, I got a big old red Rhodesian Ridgeback. He weighs 140 pounds, and I'm telling you what, he puts his nose up in the air when he's smelling. I love to watch him. He'll put that nose up in there and just start, they say they can smile, like uh, smells miles away. He'll put that nose up and do that, and I'm thinking, I wonder where it's coming from, dude. I mean, he just looks like a, a flag or something. See, that's the way we ought to be with God. In the midst of our enemies, we ought to, I got to find the table. Surely I'm better than that dog. Come on, somebody. Amen. Huh? Amen. Surely I got something in me that I can be led to God. Are you with me? I want to find the table. In John 4, 4 to 9, it says this. Try that again. That's pretty weak. See, if you're not reading your Bible, I want to do, you can do that now. That's what I'm teaching you. I'm teaching you how to read your Bible. I read mine this morning. Don't raise your hand, but I wonder how many of you did. So he came to town in Samaria called Sakar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? The Samaritan woman said to him, Wow, this is an unlikely stage. Isn't that right? It's an unlikely stage. But here's the deal. We are on a collision course with the enemy. Are you listening to me? Not to be defeated but to be a deliverer. We're on a collision course. God is bringing you on a collision. 
but he can't for many of us because he's still feeding us with milk. You got to get past the milk. Don't you love it when your baby stops drinking milk and finally starts taking stuff off the table and the way you feed them, that's okay. Some of us as adult Christians are still eating like this. Well, that's still, maybe if you're past milk, you understand? You're on a, a collision course. You're on a collision course with the enemy. Like it or not, Jesus was on a collision course. Why? Did he just see a great woman? No, he saw a woman that was an adulterer. He saw a woman that what? She came out at the noontime to get a drink. Nobody does that. But when, you're, when you feel that bad, when you feel that horrible about yourself, you're going to do everything so you have to come into the least conflict you can come into. So Jesus is waiting at the well. He's on a collision course. That's what we're supposed to be. He's the table. He set himself to set her free. You know the story. John 4.32 says, let me say this. Jesus was eating while they were buying groceries. Got it? So he wasn't hungry when they arrived. They could not understand because the Holy Ghost did not reveal to them the table God had prepared for Jesus to eat from. Jesus was eating from the will of God, the purpose of God, and the way of God. John 4.32 says, But he said unto them, I have meat that you know not of. Jesus was not so concerned with the natural food as he was being set, the table being set for him, come on, in the presence of the enemy. The devil had her wrapped up. And the only way she could be set free would be in the presence of God. Jesus was ready. He was teaching us how to be that table. He was teaching us how to have the message of hope and love and care and concern for those that are struggling. The birthday party, the anniversary, the reunion are easy to eat at. Somebody say amen. amen. We go, we're going to our family reunion. You love that. I mean, even though some of them aren't saved, they, they, they still treat you right because you're family. Huh? But does God prepare the table there? Probably not. He prepares the table in the midst of your enemies. Come on, somebody. That's what he's trying to do today. He's trying to show you there in the midst of your enemies, he prepares a table. Are you listening to me? He's preparing a table. I wonder if you ever thought of yourself as a table. That's what Jesus was. Why? Who do you offer up? Okay. He said, if you drink my blood and eat my flesh... Come on, somebody. What do you think you really are? When you get born again, faith, you become that food. You become that table that you present yourself to someone. I mean, let me teach you a few things. So whenever you find yourself in the midst of your enemies, look for the table, a feast to be had prepared by the Lord himself. John 14, 1 says this. See, this is what happens. You believe in God, believe also in me. Do you know what happens when we get into a situation where the enemy looks like he's having an upper hand? Listen to me. Fear takes over, right? Uncertainty, confusion, doubt. Instead of eating of the nutrients in the presence of God, things take over that dishevel us, and we stop even looking for the table of God. He set a table in the midst of your situation. How bad is it? I wonder really, how bad is it? If you're a believer, you ought to be saying, the, the meal is going to be excellent. 
I can't wait for what it is. But if all this hell's breaking loose, there must be an excellent, it ought to be better than a Thanksgiving feast. Why? Because it's crazy around here. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to teach you something. I'm trying to teach you instead of running from the food God has set for you to start partaking of it so you can become food for others. 2 Corinthians 4, 10 through 12 says this. Now think about that. That's what we're doing. We're dying. We're dying to ourselves. I know I'm dying in the flesh, but we're dying to ourselves so that the will of God can be made manifest. In other words, I want people to see that I'm partaking at the table. As a result, I can become a table for someone else. I can become food that God can use to serve up when he gets good and ready to do so. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be, be, might, may be manifest in our mortal flesh. Okay, so I have to die to a situation that I ought to anyway. I'm going to get even. No, you're not. You're going to blow your faith. I don't have to get even. I can trust God to get even for me. That's what he says. That's why you don't go, you don't go chase down people that talk about you. Let God take care of that. Come on, somebody. You don't have time for that. You don't have time for that. But they shouldn't have said that. Oh, I know it. But you're probably sowing and reaping. Come on, somebody. Who knows what you said? Not you, I know. The last place Jesus is in the Jesus in the flesh set the table in the midst of his enemies was when he said this. This is the greatest place when he set the table. This is the last place. When they came to call the place, the place of the skull, they crucified him along with the criminals. One on his right and the other one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. Jesus became the table and the feast that was on it. Here's what he says on the table. Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. Come on, Father, forgive them. Now listen to me. He's on the cross. He's been served up. Somebody say served up. That's what he's been. He's been served up. From last week, y'all see that? I thought it was a bat loose. I think that'd be pretty exciting too, to be honest with you. A bat flying around his place. But it's more exciting to think that Jesus was served up. He served himself up. He was the table, there's the cross, and he was the food on the table as well. And was he not in the presence of his enemies? He sets the table in the midst of your situation. But as long as you're crying over it, as long as you're in fear about it, as long as you're talking how negative things are, you can never see the food that is set before you so you can eventually become the food that is served up for others. Nutrition of the enemy. No, it's really, the enemy can't feed you. It's the fact that when the enemy is around, God brings that food up for you. I get so, when I, when I was reading this, I just get so... I just get not angry, but I get so frustrated with people that are put in these situations. And, and I like that song a while ago, you never lose your wonder. And then you wonder why you talk so you still love Jesus? And they get this goggle-eyed look on their face like, huh? Well, you know, you used to love him. Who? Huh? But you don't understand. The, 
The God of the universe puts you in this situation, and you never look for the table. You never look for the food. And as a result, you start eating off the enemy's plate. And the next thing you know, you don't have any wonder anymore. You don't have any care anymore. You don't lift your hands, and you don't get emotional, and you just think, well, I'll return like everybody else does when they get old. You may not return. You may live a life of misery. Listen to me. It's frustrating to see, okay, so-called mature Christians having situations and circumstances and you haven't been taught, it's my fault, that God is preparing a table in that situation. I'm not saying you caused it, but you could have. But even so, when the enemy's around, what's God doing? He's in the, he's, he's in the kitchen. Come on, somebody, you can hear the pots and pans, can't you? He's looking up here and he's looking here and Boy, he's turned on the oven to get it ready to put this stuff in. I mean, you're, you're sitting there going through hell. Come on, somebody, say amen. amen. What, when, from now on, when you start doing it, I want you to start thinking, <laughs> did I hear that in the oven? I, well, it's getting kind of warm in the house. I guess the oven's on. Yeah, it's on. Why? Because God's fixed to serve you something up to get you through this situation. Are you listening to me? In the, in the midst of your financial troubles, he's going to give you some knowledge so you don't have to repeat that ignorance again. In the midst of relationship difficulties. Come on. I, is he frying eggs? I think. No, that's turkey bacon. He knows he's serving me. It's turkey bacon. Come on, somebody. Are you listening? I'm trying to get you to get this. I don't want you to ever... I don't, you can go ahead and cry and you can go ahead, but don't, don't start thinking, oh, it's so, it's so bad. It's so pathetic. No, start sniffing the air because somebody is cooking for you. He's cooking for you. How do you know it might not be some cowboy peach cobbler? You never had that, my God. You never had nothing. Terry, where's Terry at? Boy, wherever Terry is, that's some good stuff. There you go. Isn't it, Terry? Who you can make that? You need to make me some. Wait a minute. I smell you're going to. That's right. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? Come on, the enemy's around. He's always around. Why? He's been assigned to Christians. That's his duty. But you need to know that greater is he that is in you than this stupid devil chasing you around all the time. And any time chaos is happening, you need to start going, I know I got to find the table. And wherever you're at, if it's not there, get the hockey sticks away from there. The table is prepared. You You have to believe this in Christ. Is the word true or not? Then there's a table prepared in the midst of your enemies. And the enemy always causes chaos. So we've got to start looking for the nutrition that the enemy is causing God to cook up for us. Come on, somebody. Are you getting this? I'm going to preach it till you get it. Just one point I want you to get today. In the presence of your enemy. This is where God shows up. This is where God is cooking. Listen, he got a table better than you've ever thought about. And I've seen some neat looking tables. Some of you women, hey, last Sunday, whoo, help me, Jesus. I wanted to eat everything over there. I had to slap my hand off that brisket and off everything else. Ended up with some vegetarian chili. Thank you, Randy. Is Randy in here today? What? 
Thank God. I did eat it, and it was good, but you know what I wanted? I wanted all the meat you but I didn't. Huh? Why? Because God has another preparation for me, and if I don't eat right in the natural, he'll never let me see how to eat right in the spiritual. Come on, somebody. I want to live to be a long age, not so I can live to be a long age, so that I can can understand and get ready and not fall short, not die prematurely, but I want to learn how to handle all the battles. Listen, I've learned this through this message. It's time to stop crying about where I'm at and about my situation and start looking at the table that's been set for me in the midst, even though I might have caused it. I don't have to stay in it. I can learn from it by what I'm fixing to eat. Are you getting this? I think this is the best I've ever come out with Psalm 23. And God gave it to me earlier this week. He said, don't you know, people don't get that. And I got, I don't know if I get it. I've read it many times. I just read it, okay. You said, you pray a table. No, the table, when we eat of it, finally we become the table. And then the fruit of the Spirit become what people eat off of us. Oh, come on, somebody. I know you're getting it. Are you getting anything off this? Amen. I got three things to say and I'm done. <laughs> Somebody getting hungry. Well, maybe God will prepare you some natural food too. And the truth is, he does. When you eat in the presence of your enemies, here's what happens. Now, three things. I don't know if they're up there or not. One, confidence conveys conquest. Enemy shows up, God prepares the meal, and you're going, yeah, I know, he's out there. Remember that? I'll give you one illustration of that. You remember when uh, Goliath came out there and everybody but David hid behind the rocks? They all went behind the rocks and David kind of sat there and went, who is that fool? He did. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine, which means who is this person who has no covenant with our God and we're afraid of him? See, David was given, come on somebody, he was given a table. Oh, come on, somebody. In the midst of his enemy. And he ate his enemy for breakfast. Come on, somebody. See, I can I don't know if y'all are getting any of this. I'm trying. I'm trying my hardest. Howard, are you getting anything? Okay, that's what I'll make sure. So confidence always conveys conquest. Not mine. It's God confidence. Godfidence. Right? That's what it is. It's the confidence, and I know. It looks like, I don't know if I can win this and got you. I believe I'm going this way because that's where the odor's coming from. God's cooking me a meal so I can overcome my enemy. It's like David did. What did he do? What was, his, what was his meat? I think I need a few stones. See, God prepared that whole scene just for David. Isn't that crazy? David could always stand for the church if you wanted him to because the church ought to be knocking down big devils, not running from them. Number two, power is perceived through peace. Huh? Boy, they're not even acting crazy about this situation. It's horrible. They just act like they're sniffing. They're not crying. Come on, some power is perceived through what? 
Man, you see somebody with peace and all hell breaking their life. Don't judge them and say they don't care. That's what we normally say. They don't even care. Are you kidding me? They over there smelling the table. God is prepared. That's what they're doing. They're excited. There's a peace. That's what we ought to be doing. I'll never forget when Jennifer and them had their accident. She was still strapped in the car, and it was a horrible situation. I stepped up through there, and I just told her it's going to be okay. You remember that? She was crying, and I was crying, but it wasn't a cry of unbelief. It was just, it's going to be all right. If you'd have seen the scene, it was God prepared a table. It's going to be all right. Accident that bad, it looks like. It looks like hell. God prepared a table. And number three, trust is truth's trial. That true or not? Isn't that good? Amen. Trust is truth's trial. I mean, that's powerful. The deal is what we do when trust is demanded, right when God is fixing to take us through the trial to prove his word is true, and the table was set, and he's ready to feed us, we back off. We back, start going the other way. And then we have to go through the cycle. We're going around. How long did they stay in the wilderness? See, some of y'all don't even know that. They stayed in there 40 years. How long is God, how long, did he keep it going for 40 years? No, he had to let those die out that wouldn't believe. And then he took those 20 and less on over 40 years later. I don't want any of you to die off. I want you to get this today. I want you to quit being afraid of your enemy. I want you to have that confidence. I want you to believe that God says he is what he is. He's going to do what he's going to do. And all of those things we just talked about are true, that you're not afraid because no matter what the situation is, he prepares a table for his sons and daughters in the midst. Now, you can choose not to eat of it. Be miserable. You can choose not to eat of it. Walk away and have to go through this trial again. Or you can choose to eat of it and it become a part of who you are, and the next thing you know, you're walking, come on, stay with me, you're walking into somebody else's situation. And the table God's now using is you. And now you're able to speak to them in such a way as that they feed off of what God's given you, and the next thing you know, we're all saying, hallelujah, I never saw that before. You mean God did that for you? Well, if he did it for you, he's no respecter of persons, he can do it for me. Instead of going, it's really bad. I know it. Oh, my God, I don't need you around. (laughs) Really, I don't need you around. Boy, I just don't feel good. You look horrible. I'll pull up my knife, carve your eyes out. You can't see nothing. I shouldn't do that. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? Are you getting this? Not only am I supposed to be eating what he's serving, I'm supposed to be a table for him and for others so that they can partake of God's goodness because I am walking and living in his goodness. That's us. That's who we are. Are you getting this today? It was one simple point. Today, you're going to go out, and I assure you, you're going to be amongst the enemy. Instead of crying and running, start looking for the table. Maybe somebody you get to lead to the Lord. Don't be afraid to preach the gospel to somebody because if they're in that situation, that's why you were there. Maybe somebody telling you how bad their back hurts. 
You know what you're supposed to do? Give me your hand. Lord, I thank you for this brother, and I think you're going to touch his back and heal him. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay. That's the food in the presence of the enemy. Come on, somebody. Trying to learn you something here. I know teach is better, but learn sounds better, <laughs> especially if you're a hick. Huh? Are you listening to me? Let me learn you something today. My wife won't like that one bit. Did you get anything today? Amen. So how many of you have dodged the table of the Lord? I have too. I need to raise both my hands. But after this message, remember that message I preached a while back? You can count on me, God. God. I get up and say, you can count on me. Now I got to be thinking, no matter what happens, there's a table. It ain't menudo frog. That boy eats more menudo than anybody knows, except Randy. I think Randy eats menudo too. That D boy too. Just be quiet. I don't love him menudo. The table of the Lord is going to serve something that you've been missing. It call, it's called it, we're so anemic because we're not eating right. I'm talking about spiritually. Because we're not eating from the table of the Lord. Sure, that's the word of God. Sure, that's church, ministry. But it's just being become a vessel God's called you to be so he can spread you out. And things that people eat from you are so powerfully good that their lives are changed, not because of you, but because, because who lives in you. Today, if you've missed your table and you'd like to make sure you don't miss it again, just stand where you are. Don't, don't stand on peer pressure. Stand because God's speaking to you. Let him speak to you. Let him really speak to you. Because I want you to get this. In the midst of your enemy. Come on, just let him minister to you for a while. It's good to stand here for a minute. Just talk to him. I have missed. I'm standing before you are because I've missed many of my entrees. I have. I've gotten into many situations and griped at God. The first time I really did this that I remember harshly was when I had open heart surgery. I got mad at God. And I did. I was so angry. I'm telling you guys, I was so angry with God. Oh my God, I was angry. And it took, took me a while for God to be showing me, I prepared this for you, buddy. You're not dead, are you? I prepared this for you. I prepared this table for you. Now you eat of it so you can show others that situations aren't that difficult as they might seem. <laughs> let him talk to you. Come on, let him talk to you. Are you talking to you? Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for each one that's standing. I pray that you speak to them, not just right now, but all throughout the rest of their life. They understand if they're in a situation, and they will be, because life is a situation. If they, they are really grasping that you really do prepare a table, and as the older they get, they'll understand 
as Jesus was our example, he was the table and he was the food, we'll be the table and we'll be the food because we're his hands, feet, arms, legs, eyes, and ears. We're all of who he is on this earth today. Thank you for what you're going to do in each one today. As we stand here and as we leave, may we not even forget as we sit down to eat lunch, you have even prepared our natural food. Father, I thank you for those that came today. May you bless each one of them. May you bless their household. May you bless their businesses. May you bless their health. May you give them wisdom because they're asking you for it, not the wisdom of the world. May you give them understanding that goes past what anybody's heard so that they can walk in such a way as victory is commonplace among them. I thank you for Jesus. And I thank you for you being the table. And my God, you've always been the best food I've ever eaten. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Make sure you know when you leave today, new 